Oh, I have a question that I want to post. Okay. Please. Based on my recent LinkedIn post. Oh, I missed that. And uh, the reason I bring it up is because Jacob is really good at disagreeing with most things I say. So. Oh I'm yeah. Okay. I'm seeing what I'm seeing it here. Okay. So for the listener, I'll, I'll read, I'll read my post if I can find it here. It was the first thing to pop up for me. So, Dang, that was two days ago. So uh, my post said, marketing as an extension of sales produces self-centered marketing. Their main KPIs are leads, conversions, revenue, basically what we get. Marketing as an extension of customer service produces customer-centered marketing. Their main KPIs are engagement numbers, satisfaction, churn rate, and referrals, or what they get out of it. Both can produce revenue, but the latter will produce bigger revenue over time if you have the runway. So I'm interested in your take on this. Marketing as an extension of customer service produces customer-centered marketing. Marketing as an extension of sales produces self-centered marketing. Um, before I give my opinion, I, I want to know. I want to know the context. Like, what, where, where are you getting? Are, is this data-based or is this from like? This is just my meditation. Opinion. I know it's your opinion, but what's your opinion based on? Uh. It's based on discussions we've had on this podcast in the past okay. uh, and things that I've been thinking about for years. Um, it's based on experience that I've had with our own clients and our own marketing. And uh, yeah, I think marketing that is people I've heard marketing described as uh, marketing is sales. Sales is just one to one and marketing is sales, but one to many. Yeah, I've heard that. Uh, and I think it's a healthier approach for a company to view marketing as customer service, but one to many. So your job as marketer is to help people find what they're looking for, make the process easy. I mean, going back to your discussion of um, phone number versus form fill, if we can see that the phone number allows the ease of getting them into what they want, which is to work with Vivint Solar, then you should do phone number. Um, and so you, your job is not, how do I ram this down people's throats and get them to do stuff they don't want to do? Your job is to say, how can I help them do what they want to do, which is use our service or product. Your job is to say, how can I help them by giving them useful content? to walk them down this path? How do I help them by decreasing the barriers to entry? How do I help them by making them aware that my superior product exists? Uh, as opposed to, I mean, you're going to be end up doing a lot of the same things, but you're going to go about them in slightly different ways. Uh, one leads toward, uh, in my opinion, like, or can lead towards, in my opinion, more uh, tricky short-term wins, and the latter leads toward more long-term uh, wins, especially if you view your job as customer service, that doesn't end with the conversion. The first one ends with the conversion. You're done thinking about them. Whereas the second one, you want to continue maintain that relationship and delight them and get them to bring referrals and make sure they're happy with the product. You're making sure that you are teeing up their 
their mental model, I guess, of how your company and service will work. Um, you know, there's a good example of this is the, I don't know if you guys have seen it back in the old days, the comic book ads for kids where like sea monkeys is a good example of this. They show the sea monkeys and there's, they have little families and they play little games or whatever. And then it, you actually get the sea monkeys and there's like little bugs that do nothing and just float there. You know what I mean? One, the first one as a revenue, like that works, that gets the revenue, that gets the conversions. The latter one, you could, if you had said, okay, my goal is customer service. I want to make sure that they are happy with what they get. And I want convergence and I want them to tell their friends about it. So you could create different ads that are more like, instead of showing sea monkeys as a family, show what you're actually going to get, but make that exciting so that when they actually pour the eggs into the water, they, they know what to expect and they're happy with what they receive instead of being disappointed, which marketing is responsible for, frankly, a lot of really bad, uh, you know, disappointment. We, we set up uh, uh, expectations that the fulfillment or the uh, product is not prepared to fulfill on. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I've got a, I've got a couple of thoughts here. I don't think I necessarily disagree with the overall uh, thought or comment. There are a couple things that, that like the wording, uh, I'm not in love with, for example, marketing is an extension of anything I don't like. Mm -hmm. Uh, so let let me give context to that. I, I think everything else should be an extension of marketing. Marketing is where it starts, right? So sales should be an extension of marketing because we're generating the leads. They're closing the leads. Uh, even, even, so here, here's, here's my main thought on that. Uh, when I started at Vivint, I learned, uh, I learned this principle of becoming a full funnel marketer. Now saying that is a little misleading because they're all different types of funnels. There's sales funnels, marketing funnels, even customer, uh, funnels. And at Vivint Smart Home specifically, what it meant was we owned the lead through install, right? Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of marketers are thinking, well, how, how does a marketer influence install? I mean, we can get the lead and we can pass it to sales, but then sales has it, they sell them. And then even after sales, it goes to the install tech and they're the ones responsible for installing. So wh- yeah. why are we responsible for the install? And, uh, and our main KPI was cost per install. Like we had to get our costs down per install. So becoming a full funnel marketer, really it comes down to what metrics are you holding your marketing team accountable for? Because if you're not holding them accountable for all the metrics, then they're not going to care about the install. They're not going to care about the sale. They're going to care about the lead. And that's when quality falls, right? That's when you have sales teams and marketing teams not getting along because the marketing team is generating crap leads and the sales team uh, is complaining about it. So if you're responsible for the sale and if you're responsible for the install, then you start to think differently. You start to think, gosh, maybe on the front end, I should worry about what types of people are more likely to install rather than become a lead, at which point you go through the whole thing. The other thing is once they become a sale, they technically become a customer right. even before they get installed. So if you're responsible for that time frame as well, then you're also thinking customer centric. You're thinking, how do I make sure that they stay happy between sale and install so that our install rate goes up? So um, you're kind of separating the two, which I, I don't think you 
you intentionally are saying well, they're I'm more talking things. I'm not necessarily talking to marketers with this. I'm talking to Todd Business Peterson. Owners. You know, like I think Todd Peterson, if you were to ask him, and I don't know, but my bet would be marketing's job is to give the salespeople leads and to fill them with leads. And it's more like marketing is there to support the sales team. And I think a lot of business owners view marketing as that, as, as basically I have awesome sales guys. I can't get them in front of, they have a cap in terms of how many people they can get in front of. And so marketing is there basically to amplify that and, and, uh, and basically be a salesperson, but too many people at once, as opposed to my sales guys can only talk to one person at a time. Yeah, no, I, I get that. And I, I don't disagree with that. Um, I, I even, I even think, uh, as far as the bigger revenue comment with the customer service side, um, in the long term, which you specify is also true. Um, but even talking to people like Todd Peterson and business owners, I think that that's a faulty line of thinking that I think Todd Peterson is wrong, that marketing is a support group to sales. That's not how it should be looked. Right. Um, and there are a lot of organizations that have the inverse where marketing is king, right? Nike. I don't know why they're the first ones to come to my mind. They, I don't know. I mean, their sales for that organizations change, right? They don't sure, have the sure. same kind of sales Salesforce that other companies do, but um, well, I mean, you look at Zappos, Zappos, like their, their marketing and their customer service are very much tied to each other. You know, like, um, in fact, I don't even know if they have like Salesforce. Um, but anyway, yeah, Nike's the same. I think that is a company that understands that, that power of marketing and thinks about the experience of the person from beginning to purchase all the way through past, past purchase. Like in that Vivian example, um, I think marketing should own the experience even post install. Like yeah. you're probably leaving some things on the table by not having material and support for them post install. Well, th there are, but it's not, it's not necessarily customer centric. It's more lead gen. It's a, it's acquisition. So right. how do we leverage the customer to get more customers, which right. I think is appropriate. But if that's, if that's where your thought is and you're just thinking, oh, now we, we got this lead and now they're an asset to us rather than us being an asset to them. Right. Um, that's, I think that's wrong. Uh, Brandon, did you have any thoughts? I, I, I want to make sure you get <laughs> some airtime here. Oh well, no, I, 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 it's really interesting. I, I, I'm, I've turned into a listener here and I've, I have questions as a listener. Um, I think one of the, well, one thing, I guess going back, do you believe Paxton that it's kind of a one or the other type thing, or do you believe that these, these two methods of marketing should coexist within a company and for a small growing company, which one should be the first focus if they should be coexisting? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I'm not under some illusion that marketing shouldn't be bringing in leads, conversions and revenue. So that needs to happen and that needs to be tracked. 
I'm more talking about what should marketing focus on. Um, it's, I'm, I'm struggling to come up with a good analogy for this, but let's just, I'm just going to make one up on the fly here and say, uh, an Olympic high diver, right? An Olympic high diver does not want to like, Hmm, this is a bad example. I'll just throw it out there. We'll come up with something better. <laughs> well, uh, I'm diver, really interested because I'm like, uh, they I feel like I get this to, thing, but I... to die, right? They want to survive having jumped off of this thing and not break their neck, not jump and hit concrete or, or whatever, right? However, when they're up on the high dive, if they're thinking to themselves, don't die, don't die, don't die, then their performance will decrease. Obviously, no one wants to die, right? But you have to get into the mindset of something else. And by, by focusing on their, their, their patterns, their routine, the, the, how they're going to enter the water, they are inherently going to be in less danger than if they just think don't die or don't hurt myself, right? And so my, my, what I'm putting forth is if marketing is focused on things like engagement numbers, the satisfaction of clients coming in, churn rate, and whether or not they're likely to refer, then naturally leads revenue uh, uh, conversions will happen without them focusing on it. Um, just like the Olympic diver, if they're focused on their routine, how they're going to enter the water, naturally it will be a safer dive than if they just focus on lead or uh, not dying. I think the same thing is true. If marketing is just focused on leads, conversions, revenue, leads, conversions, revenue, I actually think that will produce less revenue net than if they're focused on something else, which is that experience of the customer from the beginning to end. If they view themselves more as an advocate for the customer than an advocate for the company they work for, I think that will actually produce more results for the company they work for. So I think a C-suite, a wise C-suite, and this may, may not apply to every single situation, but I think in general, a wise C-suite will view marketing as an extension of customer service, basically. And, and the reason I say that is, you know, customer service um, typically is not held to revenue numbers. They don't need to produce an ROI to exist. There is an ROI with customer service. If you have a business with no customer service, then long-term your revenue will go down and you're, you'll go out of business. If, if you can't return products or change products or whatever, that will hurt you. But there's, but no customer service is being held to bottom line revenue um they're held to things like the satisfaction of their customers did they get what they were looking for did we help them are is their affinity for our brand increased thanks to customer service i mean look at nordstrom they take back anything those guys are not their customer service team is not being held to bottom line revenue but because customer because nordstrom has such great customer service their revenue increases without that customer service team focusing on revenue and I think marketing should be treated in a similar way. You should view it as an investment, but not necessarily look for the direct ROI immediately. Know that it will come and know that if you invest in your customer's experience and, and what they think about your brand, the revenue will come. 
I think the tough part about marketing is you could argue that marketing, like marketing touches everything in a company, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I will look at Dev Mountain just because it's a more consumer facing type company, but like you have the classroom experience, right? Like that is a huge part of how that student will then leave the program and have good or bad feelings. And so what the teacher wears, how the teacher speaks, how class is conducted, uh, all of that affects the brand of that particular school. Mm-hmm. So is that like, I guess at some point you have to draw the line of where marketing's boundaries end because if you didn't draw a line, you could argue everything is marketing. Hey, marketing actually is over the uniforms of how, how teachers might dress or the dress code or how certain things are done. And I think if you were to ask Todd Peterson, again, we're putting words in his mouth here, but he would, he would listen to this and say, oh, 100%, totally agree. We got to be focused on, we got, we got to be doing leads. We definitely got to be focused on customer experience. So our marketing department is just focused on this. And then we have a customer experience slash support department. And they're focused on making sure our product is the best of the best. We've got our developers and everything on it. Like their job is to create the most amazing, vivid experience. And so you might look at that and say, it's all marketing and that's great. But it, to me, that's marketing just focuses on the lead. That's what we call our marketing department. And then we have customer experience over here. I think a lot of companies silo those. I'm thinking about Disneyland. Like I don't ever see ads. I mean, I know they exist, but like Disney is a company where they don't really get aggressive on the, what we know as marketing. However, when you experience a Disney product or service or whatever, like going to Disneyland, you feel the magic, you feel the brand and how, and the intentionality behind everything. I don't know whether or not that, if, if Disney considers that part of the marketing team where they're looking at the park and saying mm-hmm. like, does this match our brand? Does, I'm sure there's an element of that. Are they ultimately over that? Or is there someone else who's over park operations where their job is to make sure? It's like perhaps companies are just thinking about it differently, but I feel like the danger, I guess that I overall, I agree with you. The devil's advocate is saying you have to draw the line somewhere for the marketing team. Otherwise it's marketing owns everything because customer experience is touches everything from product to complaints, to the lead, to commercials, to all that stuff. And so to keep things simple, I think companies just define marketing as like a small area. I do think marketing should own every, I mean, it doesn't own everything, right? You're not, um, but it owns everything that is part of the touch points of the business, right? Marketing should own business cards, should own the the outbound uh, outbound, uh, voicemail or whatever, like any touch point that a customer has with your business should be under the purview of marketing. So I'm, I'm advocating for a stronger, more complete CMO position than is viewed by most companies. I think the CMO should be in charge of and aware of all of that. And the CMO may divide their department and say, you're the customer experience team, you're the advertising team or whatever. But I think all of this should be under the, the chief marketing officer. Uh, what you're saying. I think I disagree. Tell me. The, the further we get into this, um, I think the more I disagree. Uh, so you made a comment and maybe, maybe I need a little clarity because a lot of this is hinging on a very small thing that you said about marketing 
and I want to make sure I understand this. And, and if I'm wrong, I, I'd be more than happy to um, accept that. But what I, what I heard was that customer service to, is not held to a revenue goal. And it sounded like you were saying marketing should also not necessarily be held to as strict of a revenue goal because if they're customer centric, it's harder to see short term or something like that. Uh-huh. Is that close to what you were saying? Um, so like we had an experience here in Nice and Floor where pretty recently Brandon was told to only report on what is going to generate leads in the short term. And what that caused Brandon to do was to focus on what is going to generate leads in the short term. Uh, so I think that's a little small example of what I'm talking about here, where if marketing is, is focused 100% on revenue, then that's going to cause them to take certain actions that will actually end up leaving revenue on the table if they don't feel emboldened to forego short-term profits in favor of much larger long-term profits and taking risks uh, that we don't know whether this will generate revenue or not. A good example of this, I think, is eFile Cabinet, the work that we do for them. eFile Cabinet, they're a company that does document management systems. They'll, they'll, you can scan your documents, they use OCR to read them, and they'll take care of all of your, basically, this is perfect for accountants, it's perfect for HR, loan officers, anyone who's dealing with tons and tons of paperwork, they'll scan it, you can build systems and they'll handle all of it. So you don't have to have basically a filing cabinet anymore. So we initially thought, okay, we need to generate leads, right? And obviously revenue, revenue, revenue. So we said, what, you know, what's the typical model for generating revenue? We, we wrote eBooks that they could download and we would gather the email, we would put them into a marketing funnel and with the goal of getting them to convert and convert, convert. Uh, and it, it worked with some success. Um, but then we thought like, well, do we really even know who these people are? And we were so focused on what we get out of it, which is the revenue, what we want. We want leads. We want leads. We weren't quite as focused on what they get out of this situation. Um, and so we sat down with their, their customers, their best customers. We sat down, we interviewed them, we learned about them. We sat on sales calls, we listened to their sales calls and, and, and started to learn more about their customers and their objections and their lives. And over and over and over again, what kept popping up on these meetings and these phone calls is how much they hate dealing with the materials around paper. They hate their printer, their fax machine, their copier, it always breaks, it's so frustrating. And so we said, okay, instead of focusing on everything we get out of this, we obviously need to get stuff out of this, but our focus should be on what they get out. So what can we do from a marketing standpoint to make their lives better? And so we created the mobile rage cage and we, there was a big conference, 2000 accountants came up and uh, to this conference, we bought a, a space and, and we created this cage where uh, they could go in and, and smash up. They would get 60 seconds with a bat and a face mask and stuff. And they would smash up a printer or a copier or a fax machine. And then we would record it. And, and whoever had the best like rage video would win a thousand bucks. But we, we were so focused on what they got. Of it. And as a result, 
that was their best converting conference they have ever had in the history of their company. They got more leads and sales out of that than ever. They got news coverage out of it because it was crazy and creative. Uh, because of the news coverage, we got lots of links. Links uh, caused rankings to go up. Their organic traffic hit record highs. Um, and, and leads and, tra and conversions from that organic traffic hit record highs. So leads, so conversions and revenue are important. And we had to build a system that would make sure that we captured, you know, when they signed up and signed that, that form, they got entered into our HubSpot uh, uh, database and they got put into funnels. Um, so like we were intelligently trying to capture as many leads as possible. As they were waiting in line, we had their sales team help them suit up and then talk about the product and talk about what they were doing in relation to the product. So like we built it in a way to capture as much revenue and leads as possible. But our main focus was how do we make sure they have a really cool experience? Um, because I think the important thing with marketing to realize is what your marketing is communicates what your product is. If your marketing comes off as uh, 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 cheap or aggressive or self-centered that communicates that your product is the same thing. And I don't know that people often have the conscious idea that, Hey, this marketing is self-centered. So I don't think their product is going to really be focused on me or whatever. I don't know that they're having that conscious thought in their head, but if we can communicate through our marketing that we understand you, we know what it's like to be you. And uh, if we know, that you deal with this and how, how much you would love to do this. Just imagine how great our product is because we get your situation and we've designed this product specifically for you. Um, so again, that's kind of my, I don't know if that even answers your, your, no, it does. Point. And it clarifies some things that I, and, and I don't know if Brandon was on the same page of you or me, but when you talk about customer centric type marketing, it makes it sound like you're actually targeting, or, may, or, or focused on the satisfaction of customers after they become a customer. No. But, but yeah. what you just described was, was fine. I mean, it's segmenting your audience. Who are the people who are most likely to purchase our product? And then we create marketing material specifically for them that helps them before they become a customer. Correct. Okay. Yeah. So, so yeah, yeah, the use of the yeah. word customer maybe is is well that's uh, what i was trying word. to wrap my head around i was like what like what what is happening here like once once they become a customer it's customer services job to make them satisfied like mm -hmm. their satisfaction is their job i don't want to i don't want my people focused on making sure that our existing customers are happy i want them to go make sure the people who are going to be our customers are happy with the messaging and uh making sure that you're honest and yeah. uh and forthright okay so yes there was some confusion there uh, yeah. And that, I mean, that's, I didn't even get that from, from your LinkedIn and, um, post and well, I, I didn't get it until, until that example just now, but yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's good marketing. That's good marketing is to focus on, on your core audience and cater to them specifically. Um, but yeah, but I think the problem though, is that a lot of the C-suite you you know, like to do this e-file cabinet thing, we had to say, we've never done this before. No one's done this before. We don't know what the ROI is gonna be on this. But what we know is that we know your customer and we know they're going to love this. That's what we know. So you gotta just have a little faith. And, and the, the CEO of e-file cabinet 
thought, well, that's a great idea. I don't know what the return is going to be on this, but this does communicate what we want to communicate our brand. Uh, I can foresee a way that this could produce return, but he let marketing do this thing, right? Yeah, but and, it's not like, like I, I, I see that, but you should always have some kind of R&D budget, something that you're putting aside to go do things you've never done before. It's not like you took 100% of your budget and put it into this. You're also doing your PPC ads. You're still doing your link building. You're still doing all your normal sure. social media, all that stuff, that base stuff is still happening. But then you're saying, hey, I want, I want to take this to the next level. And if it doesn't work, we'll move on to something else. Right. But if it does work, awesome. Right. So yeah, I, I, I agree. And it's, it's sounding more and more basic to me, like not a, a groundbreaking idea. Mm -hmm. It is an idea that I think if most people did, they'd be in a better place than they are now, for sure. I don't think, I don't think most companies are doing this. And maybe that's your point is, hey, this is, this is not like some groundbreaking thing, but if you do it, you're going to see way better results because most people are sales focused and Vivin is a good example of that. And, and that leads to a, a recent thing that, that happened within the last year is they started in 1999 as Apex. They switched to Vivint in 2011, but during that entire time, even until two years ago, a majority of sales were on the door-to-door -door guys meaning marketing had nothing to do with it, right? They never got to the website. They knocked on the door, they sold them, signed the contract, had the installers come same day, installed and they became a customer, never having seen the website. So marketers had no, no, no touch point. So you can, you can tell why sales was such, was such a big part of the culture in yeah. the company is 90, 100% at the beginning, 100% of their, their revenue came from door-to-door -door sales. Well, in the last year, marketing, the website, uh, took over more than 50% of the company's sales, which is a huge milestone. And you would think, okay, now marketing is more than 50%. We should shift our, our, our focus. You think that happened? No, of course that didn't happen because you've got 20 years of culture stacked on to the sales department, how much power they have. So uh, the groundbreaking idea is coming up with a way to take that, that, that sh make that shift from 20 years or more of we are sales, sales, sales. Holy cow, marketing is now, has the majority of our company's revenue. We need to make that shift. That's, that's an interesting topic to me. Um, I, sorry, that sounds really condescending. This is very interesting and, and, and very important. Uh, I think my mind was like, I was like, because I wasn't understanding at the beginning, I was like, this could be, this could be this, a new thing. But then I, wrap my mind around it. And I was like, Oh, that's just really good marketing. Like that's good marketing is, is understanding your audience and then catering to them, giving them content that they, that, that resonates with them. Um, but this whole time, like the first 20 minutes we were talking about NPS and, uh, and customer satisfaction. And I'm like, that, that doesn't, that's not, that's not where I want my marketing. I don't want my marketing team focused on NPS focused. I, I do like the idea. And, and I was thinking, Gosh, if they were if they were getting leads, 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 but then we were monitoring the NPS of the leads that marketing was getting specifically compared to maybe the sales team, then you could go and and you could say, hey, you guys, you're you're something's off here because the sales guys who have a terrible reputation for uh, being douchey and like you know whatever, they have a better NPS score than you guys do. We should figure this out. That is where I made the connection of. Uh, yeah, we should be more customer centric, making sure that that people are happy from 
before they even their first touch point with us through the whole process to the point yeah. where when they when they first get their NPS score, it's it's well, higher. I do mean that, that, that too. Definitely be yeah yeah yeah. I got that. That's what that's the part that I got from from your message. Yeah, I think what we're I think we're already seeing this trend happening where. Uh, I mean, one example is marketing and sales, right? Like historically speaking, in a lot of companies, there's a lot of friction between sales and marketing, misaligned goals. Um, and that's why you're seeing a comp, like you're seeing a lot of companies combine these groups into one revenue department. And you're seeing, I mean, you, there's, I'm looking at an article right now, which is talking a little bit about kind of how CMOs are, are being replaced. In fact, this graph, I think, being replaced with CROs, so chief revenue officers. And I feel like this is what Paxton is describing, is this structure of there's someone who is just over all revenue generating activities. Notice how product is not necessarily underneath this. That's a, that's a separate thing. But in terms of corporate marketing, demand marketing, uh, and then you have the sales development, frontline sales, customer success, and other revenue operations this is all being seen by someone who is revenue focused. So they don't necessarily care about one thing over the other. They care about what's going to bring the most revenue to our company, which may well be focusing huge on customer success and, you know, other revenue operations, but you're, you're seeing that to where sales and marketing. And then I think this is a little bit different to where it's also, um, you know, bringing in customer success and whatnot. Uh, I feel like that's kind of what Paxson is talking about to where it's not necessarily the marketing department. It's the revenue department. Yeah. I don't know if that's a more organized way of putting this thought into something. Okay. This has been thought through and this is a trend right now to where you're seeing companies saying, yeah, we don't have a CMO. We have a CRO and they oversee marketing. They oversee sales. They oversee yeah. customer success and, and experience. And that's a lead indicator to see where their focus is. I, th I think it's a good illustration. Both Vivint, Vivint Smart Home just basically got rid of their CMO who had almost no power. Uh, he left actually, and they're not replacing him. Vivint Solar does not have a CMO. I report to the COO, but at Vivint, all their sales and marketing goes straight up to the CRO. So yeah, I, I, I agree that that's, that's... Do you think when Elon Musk started Tesla, what percentage of his brain do you think revenue to the company occupied? I actually don't like that example. Well, well, first answer the question. <laughs> uh, I don't think, I, I think he was more focused on creating a kick-ass product. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and not necessarily the revenue. It can't be because he started SpaceX too. You think he's interested in making money off right. of the space program? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's Starlink that he could make quite a bundle on. Starlink. Yeah. But SpaceX, I think has made zero money. I think it's right. like, it's an, it's no profit. Yeah. 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 Uh, tell me why you don't like that example. Just because, um, Elon Musk, I, I, I see him as more of an eclectic uh, billionaire who does things not because he needs money, because he doesn't, but because he, he, he wants a legacy. He wants to create and, and change the world um, and isn't driven by money where other companies like they don't they don't have like they need the money in order to live. Sure. Um, and now, I, I almost disagree with that 
my own statement because there are some billionaires who only care about money, right? But Elon Musk, I don't get that. I don't get that impression. But maybe that's your point is that's not the type of person he is. Yeah, I'd almost and and I think we'd have to do this is just gut, which is, I know, a terrible way to understand the world. But I almost wonder if someone had the luxury of not worrying about revenue, would they end up? actually creating a more profitable company. And if instead their focus was on creating a killer product, creating a killer experience, does that end up producing actually more revenue? Um, I feel like Walt Disney is that. Um, I think Steve Jobs is that. Like, it's not that you can't think you don't, think at all about revenue. Like Elon Musk, some percentage of his brain is focused on the revenue of his company, right? And any public company owner or CEO, not owner, CEO, uh-huh. to some extent has to. Sure, yep. Yeah, you have to do what's in the best interest of shareholders. Um, but again, I think going back to the diver, terrible example, um, <laughs> Going back you know, to this terrible just example. Just like in, in your, I don't know, man. I need to find a better example. But like your day-to-day job, you're not focused on, man, I got to feed my family. I got to bring food home. I got to bring food home. It's like, if, if that was your main focus is just, I got to make sure to bring food home, you would probably not perform as well. You're, you're like, yes, of course I got to bring food home. And I'm going to pay attention to that and make sure that happens. But I'm focused on something higher than that. And by focusing on something higher than that, I'm going to bring food home. You know what I mean? And I think, I think something higher than revenue is the experience of the customer. And when I say customer, I mean the person who hasn't not, maybe not yet converted, but throughout the whole thing, how do I, how do I help them have a fantastic experience with my company, my brand from the very first time they hear about me all the way past conversion? How do I make sure that they tell their friends and their family and become my own army of salespeople that are unpaid. I mean, I've like back in the day before the huge wave of Apple, like I was a big Apple guy and I would talk to everyone I knew about Apple. Like, Oh, you got to get this. You got to get this. This is awesome. And, and I, there are like probably five to seven people that bought Apple products just because I was such a fan of their whole thing from beginning to end. And their product is, is a huge part of that. Um, so yeah, I don't know. And, and yeah, revenue is important. can't ignore it for sure. But I just, I'm just, I just think, so I am actually almost disagree with the chief revenue officer point. Cause I think that goes against what I am saying is a good way to good thing to focus on. But although here's the thing is if you have a chief revenue officer, who's, who's focused on revenue and knows that if you focus on the customer, you'll get more revenue. Okay. It's not, it's not the point of the position. It's, it's, it's about the company mindset of how they're going to grow. Sure. 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 Yeah. I can see that. I think you just need, I think the key is like that, that revenue officer example, the chart that was just shown where it showed the different disciplines, channels, whatever underneath. 
I think the person who's over leads, who's like demand generation, all that should not be the same person or team that's customer experience. I think they're, they tie into where they're both revenue focused, like a better customer experience naturally brings in more revenue. Um, but they're just like two different. It's like having someone who's like, you're a, you're a, you're a writer, but you're also a designer. And in a small company where you have to wear both hats, that can happen. But to an extent, the mm-hmm. best writers are not going to be great designers and sure, vice versa. But, but as but, a but, leader But someone marketing. overseeing that makes sense where they're figuring out how do these all weave together. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, I think that plays to the, the CRO example to where... Or well, I also think in, in this experience, like example between you and me, do if I'm sitting here saying, Brandon, where's the leads? Brandon, where's the revenue? Where's the leads? You're going to not focus on the things that I think would actually bring more leads and revenue. You're going to mm-hmm. focus on, I think the short term wins because that's what I'm driving home to you. That's the only thing I care about from you, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think okay. I would rather you be focused on understanding our market, understanding what they need and figuring out what can we do to make their lives better, to attract their attention, to make their conversion process easier and more simple make sure that we're setting the correct expectations up front so that when they come onto a fulfillment team, the fulfillment team is ready to knock it out of the park and deliver exactly on the promise that we made at the beginning when they learned about us and that they will refer their colleagues and friends to, to our company. Right. Mm -hmm. I'd rather have you focused on that than focused just on leads, you know? Mm -hmm. So you mentioned earlier that someone, and I don't know who that someone is, instructed Brandon to focus on the short term. I'm now hearing that that you disagree with that. Well, he didn't say the order was to focus. It was just to report on, but yeah. I think he was saying okay. that naturally okay. will change the focus. Like Make, what you're sense. expected to report on is naturally where your mind focuses. And actually, so did that was, change? It was right, in the mid, right at the beginning of the pandemic. So mm-hmm. there was a little bit of a it was, a, and I probably agree with at that point, a little bit more of a short term mindset to make sure things are going to be okay in the short term. So that's, that's where that came from. But so has that changed? Uh, yeah. So what is, what's Brandon reporting on now? Revenue. I mean, I think there's (laughs) like those reports still like there was a lot of, I mean, I think this is a little bit more unique to where there was a lot of non-existent reports happening. Right. So it's like, Hey, to, to help us understand the big picture, I don't, I, I think Paxton may be for the sake of explaining it, making it a little bit more black and white than reality is. But certainly that I, I, looking back, I can, I can see how it dictated like, okay, guys, we got to be super, super focused on like, how are we getting leads this week, this month, you know, this next quarter kind of thing. And that has been really good because I think we needed to set that structure and that structure has been set um, since this exercise of, being a little bit more micro focused on those goals, but then now having further discussions of, okay, now we've got to look at the bigger picture because this is only going to get us so far. Is this going to get us to the revenue that we really want to be in that, in that company size to be able to do the projects we want to do mm-hmm. and the customer experiences that we want to create, yeah. we got to start thinking bigger picture. So I think two can, I think both can, they can coexist, but when that's the only thing, so, so there's a wider range to where now it's like, what are we going to do for revenue for this year? And then also thinking about the yeah. next year and the next well, again, five years. Yeah. I need to know, I need to know revenue. 
revenue needs to happen. The diver needs to not die. But um, in uh, like in our meetings, when Brandon reports to me, we go through um, our CMS and we look at we p- we pick we pick a couple people. CRM, 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 CRM. There we go. Uh, we pick a couple people and we just look at their experience from the first time that they interacted with us all the way through the end and see like what steps did they take. And we try to learn more about like, where are they getting hung up? What can we do to make it easier? What can we do to provide more value to them from a marketing perspective? So that's, so we spend a lot of our time doing that. Yeah. Yeah. I would say it's more your responsibility Paxton to instill that mentality within the company than it is. Exactly. Which is what I was talking about at the beginning. I wasn't talking to marketers. I was talking to, C-suite people. Yeah. So well, Brandon, I think it's, it's not it your responsibility. That's to what you said, Jacob, but you, you mentioned full funnel marketer. And I feel like what Paxson is talking about is I guess just a, a, a stretch beyond that of saying the funnel doesn't end at sale. The funnel really doesn't end. Like you're just like someone buys an iPhone. How do we get them to stay an iPhone user to get other Apple products and to ultimately continue to buy further Apple products, like that's all marketing. If you were to go to the Apple marketing department, there are people focused, teams I'm sure, focused on the entire customer journey. And that's all within marketing there. Obviously they have the resources and whatnot to have these more expansive teams where there are teams that are just purely focused on ads and leads and getting and converting and whatnot, perks of having a ginormous company. But I think there is a happy middle ground there for mid-sized companies, small businesses, to basically start bringing that stuff into marketing to where every touch point in the brand experience is overseen to be like, is this creating those feelings that we want to create as a brand? If not, let's go in there. I think there's overlap. And I think that's where, what, like Jacob said, the, the CEO needs to get everybody on board with that vision, because if not, you're going to have someone who's revenue or marketing focused, whatever, talk to the product person and say, actually the customer wants this. And we need to package it this way with them. And if they're not on board with that, they're going to see it as who the heck's this guy coming in telling me how to, you know, revamp my product. I'm over product. When if they realize, no, 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 we're all aligned. And this person's looking out for the customer experience. There's overlap there. And that's where everyone has to be on board. Otherwise it's going to create a nightmare in my opinion. Yeah. I, so the problem with that is we're lumping, uh, we're lumping like the brand team in with marketing, which I actually, I I think that a brand is with marketing. No, I I get that. I get that. But brand is not responsible for generating leads. Like they're held to a different standard, right? But you're lumping all these people into one group and they have different responsibilities. Mm -hmm. So like marketing, as I see it, I, I also see brand in marketing. Like that's, that's a part of it. We have like the marketing team has to abide by brand guidelines and things like that. But the brand team, the one who's over the brand, right? Uh, they're not held. They're not held to the same KPIs. So yes, the brand team should be making sure that the customer experience is all, it's all one consistent brand message. But the marketing team, the people who are generating the leads, I think their responsibility should end after the customer becomes a customer. And, and, and to your point of Apple, making sure that Apple users uh, are continuing to buy Apple products, it's the marketing's job to introduce them to the new products 
once they're sold, it's then customer service to make sure that they have a good experience so that the next, in two years when they want a new phone, they think, gosh, you know, the last three times I've called Apple for some problem I've had, they've really taken care of me. I'm going to buy the next product. I, 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 I don't like the idea of, of giving one department marketing the responsibility of everything because then it gets wish, it, it's, it's just wishwashy. Like what, what are we focused on? No, I think you're thinking, I think you're just thinking about the structure differently. I'm, I'm looking at it as you have the marketing department, let's say, and within that department, you have the brand team. And then the team that you're probably more focused on is like the lead gen demand digital side of getting that search traffic, converting ads, automation, all that kind of stuff. That's all. But you said so yourself at the beginning of the podcast, everything's an extension of marketing. Even sales is an extension of marketing. And so I guess the terminology is like at your company, perhaps the better terminology would be here's the brand team. And then here's the demand gen team, not necessarily the marketing when really they should all be, I mean, I imagine the brand team and the marketing team at your company report to the same person who is, I don't know if that's the operating or if that's, if there is a CMO, how that, that structure is set up, but ultimately that person is over both brand and that. And so that person is kind of who I'm more so talking about. And I imagine Pax is talking more about that person to where, yes, there are specialties and those specialties. Yeah. The brand doesn't care about leads and you don't care necessarily about brand. There's someone, there's a bigger team beyond that focused on making sure that all these things are firing to create a cohesive um, experience across all these different touch points. I think that's what's being expressed here. We do have to wrap it up though. So yeah, this may have to go into a part two, but no, you're right. Good and, show. And, and I think what, what we should work on in the next show is making sure that we, we, we aren't in a position to where we keep thinking that the other person is, is saying something and get our nomenclature aligned. Fair enough. <laughs> well, that's all folks. Thumbs up and a, and a gun. Finger guns. Well, great right, show, everybody. Yeah. We'll see you later. Ciao.